In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guest every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have the amazing Rachel Cunningham, who is a life and marriage coach and also the podcast host of The Joyful Love. And um, we met, as usual, these days online, <laughs> where she told me that she works with people uh, in improving their marriage, but sometimes they may need my help. So we started connecting and we felt that we needed to have a conversation about all the chapters of your life and all the wisdom that you learned. So thank you for being here, Rachel, and let us know how you are, where you are today, what got you here. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if, if you would have told me, gosh, 10 years ago that I would be a marriage coach, I would have laughed at you and said, oh, no, not me. Never <laughs> would I know how to coach other people on marriage. Because, you know, I, for first of all, my husband and I just celebrated our 25th year anniversary this weekend, which is, it's, I mean, that's like a quarter of a century so it's freaking amazing um but you know about 15 years ago i would say when we first moved we lived in, we live in tennessee right now and when we first moved here we spent several of those first years you know that was 10 10 years into our marriage we spent several of those years um uh, really struggling and you know we had three kids by then and we weren't connected we weren't communicating we weren't um, we weren't, um, we weren't operating as a team unit. Now, it, because I had three kids and because I was totally overwhelmed, I daydreamed all the time about leaving. And so, you know, um, I, I, I remember sitting at a bar with my brother and just complaining to him about my husband. And my brother said, Rachel, you got to be careful because like, you're like really moving in into contempt like you're you're feeling contempt towards your husband and he was like that's like my 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 brother had a marriage that ended and he was like he was like if it keeps going that way you're not going to last very long <laughs> and um and you know so that really kind of it caught me and i was i was like you know what like do i really want my marriage to end and i started kind of going over it and like really the foundation of my personal relationship is filled with love and compassion and and tenderness between me and my husband so the foundation was there i didn't want my marriage to end so i started saying but i also don't want it to stay like it is i want it to keep getting better i want us to improve our relationship so just because there's love and a really good foundation there and you've got a really good man doesn't mean that you've got a really good relationship so i started doing doing the work on myself, taking care of myself, diving into self-care, diving into yoga um, and meditation and figuring out how to parent my kids with more peace and all of that. And that led me to the life coach school, which is where I'm certified. And once I really started connecting all of those pieces, I started realizing, oh, 
more of my relationship and how I improve my relationship is more in my control than I ever realized. So I started implementing all those tools. And now I will say like, I have an incredible marriage with the same man that I had a kind of a sucky marriage with 15 years ago. So, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of it in a nutshell of, of what kind of led me to say, to take ownership and say, either I need to end this marriage or I need to be happy in it. And I chose, okay, this man that I'm with is worth doing the work to be happy with. And I loved what you said at the beginning where you say, you know, just because you have love and you have a great man, that doesn't mean that it's all going to work out. And I say often that love is not enough. Love is yeah. like glue that will make you want to stay, but you have to know how to love and you have to know how the other person likes to be loved and you need to be able to communicate all this. What do you think are the, <clears throat> are the necessary, <clears throat> sorry, are the necessary components of a healthy relationship. Let's put love aside. What else do we yeah. need the marriage will? Love aside. Well, first of all, we need to really, I mean, I, I think as women, we are conditioned to care for other people. Mm. I mean, from the time we are little kids, we're given a baby doll, right? And we're saying, we're, we're told, okay, Here's your baby doll. Your job is to take care of her. Don't let her cry. Don't let her feel bad, right? So from the age of like two years old, we are conditioned, take care of other people's needs. So I would say the first step to having a healthy relationship is to learn to turn that on yourself and truly, genuinely learn how to care for yourself because nobody else is going to do it like you do it. <laughs> so... That's step one. And when you can do that, then I think the other components of learning how to communicate and learning to work together as a team are gonna, are gonna be easier because you're not gonna be so exhausted. You're gonna have the capacity to love and to communicate with gentleness and, and patience, right? And, and to understand how to operate as a team because there is give and take in a marriage, right? There is. There is that, but you have to first not be so exhausted in your own life so that you can look at your marriage and say, okay, where can we give and take here? And that's where I usually work with my people when they come to me thinking, I'm not sure whether I want to divorce or not. I'm not sure whether this relationship is worth saving. And the first step, in my opinion, is do the inner work. Work on yourself first. Give yourself what you need. And then see if you, after you completed and you filled your cup, whether you still want this man by your side. Is that similar to the process that you use when your clients yes. come to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, most clients that come to me really do want to save their marriages. Um, occasionally I'll, I'll get some that are, are like, eh, I don't know if I want to save it. I'm not sure if it's worth it. So then we do, you know, like you said, first, let's do the work on you. And the more work you do on you, the more your wisdom, your inner wisdom and your inner intuition is going to speak loud and clear of whether or not you need to leave this relationship or not. And um, I forgot your question. What was your question? Yeah, my question was about that, about do you do the same with people who don't know whether they want to stay or leave? The first step is, do they inner work or do you think that they should go straight into couples therapies or they should start working with you? What, what do you think? It's yeah, yeah. Do, do the inner work first. And, and really, you know, I mean, I even say, you know, learn to dream for yourself. Learn, like, and even like when you're trying to 
especially when you're trying to figure out if you should leave or stay, you got to learn to tap into like, what dreams are you pushing aside for yourself that you really want to do? And when you tap into those dreams, you, and you know, for a long time, I told myself, I'm not allowed to dream because I'm a mom. I should be happy being a mom. Right. And, but, but for most of us, we have brains that are intelligent and, and wise. And yeah, we want to put all of that into parenting, but we also have other dreams as well. And it could be anything. I mean, heck, it could be running a flower shop or, you know, going to be the doctor or lawyer or a coach or, you know, it could be so many things, but we push those aside because we think, oh, it's, it's selfish to do so. That's what I run into a lot with moms, especially moms who were kind of raised like me, like in, in a religious background of, you know, we're really taught, you know, it's selfish to, to, to dream outside of your family. So what I do with my clients is I say, let's tap into your dreams. What do you want? What are you, what are your goals in life? Let's let you come alive as a person, right? And then you're going to, like, the way you love other people is going to flourish from there. And again, your inner wisdom is going to speak loud and clear. Okay, is this relationship something that supports my essential self, you know? And do you find that based on that programming that we have of, you know, always put other people's needs first and based on the fact as well that it may seem a little bit counterintuitive, like, hey, I'm trying to save my marriage. How am I going to work on myself? That seems selfish. And it seems like I'll be separating even further. Do you find that your women have resistance to even do that work? Because I find that with my women, they're like, they almost just want someone to either give them permission to stay or go. They don't really want to hear their own voice saying, no, actually in these dreams, I want to dream these dreams and turn them into reality with my partner or with some other partner or alone. They almost want someone else to give them that, um, that answer kind of thing. Do you find that yeah. they are resistant to do that work? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there, there's a fear there of, of tapping into what you really want. Um, because they're afraid it's going to swing the other way. They've been trying so hard to care for other people that if they tap into what they truly want, they're afraid it's going to be selfish and they're going to neglect their other people. And sometimes there is a learning curve of saying, how do I, you know, not over take or, or not take on so much that I'm overwhelming myself, right? Sometimes we have to let go of things so that we can welcome in new things that we want to do. Sometimes we have to ask for help more. That's not selfish, right? It's not selfish to ask for help. Um, so sometimes that, or oftentimes that is a learning curve of learning how to, you know, value your own desires as much as you value your kids' desires or your partner's desires, which, which is huge for the inner work that's part of the self-love that, um, again, I think that we have an epidemic of especially women uh, putting that aside and thinking that that's a luxury, that's something for other women, but especially for moms, it's almost like, no, those two words just don't go together. Then we create all these identities where we do not let ourselves explore our own individuality and then we blame our partner and we say it's all because of them so we get into this vicious yeah. cycle where we can distinguish whether it's us creating our own limitations or our partner actually limiting us so in your case how did you go from i'm not happy and i'm putting quite a few pieces of blame on him to mm -hmm. okay now i'm seeing clearer now i'm seeing my visions i'm allowing myself to be 
in quotations, selfish, which to me is oh. to be intelligent. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love it. And then moving to, oh, okay, so actually I do want to stay in this marriage. Did you have any aha moments any, or was it more like a progression? Mm -hmm. For me personally, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I, we put so much value on the piece of paper that we sign at the beginning of our relationship, right? So um, for me personally, what I did for, for one year is I said, I'm not going to worry about the, the, our vows that we signed at the beginning. That was something that I did when I was really young. I'm going to put that aside for now, and I'm going to commit to one year. I'm going to commit to one year of being all in with him and see where it goes from there right? And giving myself that freedom of letting go of a commitment that I had when I was 19 years old allowed me the freedom to really tap into what I wanted as a 35-year-old, <laughs> you know? And I think, I mean, sometimes like when we marry really young, I think that's an important thing to do is say, okay, like I was really young then, and maybe that was an incredible choice, but in order to find out if it was an incredible choice, let me put the pause on the contract that I signed and, and make a new contract for this year, you know? And then, you know, and, and I did that for a couple of years in a row. Okay, one year at a time. And then, you know, and then after a few years of that, I was like, nope, I'm all in again. Like, you know, this is, this is till the end. I'm like so thrilled to be in this relationship with my partner that, you know, I can't, I can't imagine starting over with someone else, you know, um, but go ahead. And so I'm curious, as you were going through this process, what was happening with your partner as you were, were you communicating to him? I'm doing mm -hmm. a year at a time. And how was, what was his reaction? Was he respecting? Was he nervous? Was no, he I actually, you know, we, we have a little bit of a playful relationship. So um, I can't remember. I don't think I actually told him real seriously that it was a one year thing, but I remember telling him I'm committed this year and he would laugh about it, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, we, we had way more conversations of what the rest of our life would look like and how I regretted certain things of how we parented and how it was so disconnected. And I found out in having those conversations, he didn't like the way it was going either. He felt like, you know, our, we weren't operating as a team, like we were two separate units. And so the more we started conversing and trying to understand each other, instead of just trying to get the other to understand us, or, you know, because that's what we do in conversations is we say, you need to understand me. You but like when I really, <laughs> yes, exactly. You need to listen to me. You need to change for me. But like when I really tapped into, okay, here's how I'm feeling. And I want to know how you're feeling. That helped us to create connection in a, in a much more powerful way than just wanting change to happen super quickly. You know, we were able to have a real deep conversations, you know. And also the willingness to accept that you were wrong, to take responsibility. I think that that's something that is so hard for us to say, oh, so what I was doing was not the right thing to do. And now I have to accept it. And now I have to find a new way. That's also right. very hard, especially in front of your partner when there is already feelings of, like we were saying, contempt. That to me, 
contempt and resentment are just the most dangerous poison in a marriage because it starts right. it's like a rust it starts like covering everything and before you know even, even the strongest of the structures is just destroyed yeah. so but I do believe that you can you see the rust you treat it and then it doesn't have to go anywhere else but it is very important that in order to have those conversations both, both people are willing to like you said listen and be listened to and yes. even for, like, I don't know if you were initiating the conversations, this is something that I have to train my clients on how to have courageous conversations. Were you the one initiating them? And if so, were you setting the ground rules or, or you were following the dynamic that had always been there? You know, it's interesting, like in our relationship, for, for most of our relationship, my husband was the talker and the initiator of, of conversations. But I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think he knew how to do it in, in a very good way. That's my inner critic, right? <laughs> but, um, but I would often shut down because I would feel so much guilt and I would feel so confused. And I would be like, I am doing so much. I don't know how to do any more. Little did I know the answer was to do less. <laughs> Right. Like, so, I mean, when I, when he would start these conversations of how he didn't like the way our relationship was going, I would just shut down and I would avoid the conversation. And I would say, well, I don't know how to fix it. I can't do anymore. You know, there's only one of me. And so, but, you know, and over time I learned that one of the things, well, let me back up here. My husband is an entrepreneur and an artist and he has a brain that is constantly creating and doing and innovating. <laughs> and so I always felt guilty for asking him to do things around the house and parenting because I felt like I was taking away from what he needed to be doing or the important things, right? So, and then I, when I realized that was on me, like once I started actually voicing, hey, this is how we need to shift some things so that I can have some time off so that I can go create and innovate. <laughs> right. So, and he responded, but you know, go ahead. Can I just say something? Would you, and you work with women in, I, I think men and women, right. You work with both. I mostly, I work with women, but if they want to bring their partners in, I work with them too. I'm just super curious because from a woman's mentality, I think that that's the, the, the breaking point. When they go to their partner and they, they have the courage to express their needs, it's all about how he's going to react. Is he going like, before you were saying, I was shutting myself down, but I have so many women that come to me and say, Olga, when I tell him what I need like that, like, hey, I need you to clean the kitchen so I can go and create, he'll shut me down. He'll be like, no, that's your job. You're the mother here. I go and do this other thing. So I think that's the, the maybe what helped your marriage stay together. That when you, mm -hmm. hosted, you were heard. And yes. Yeah. And I will say there were times when I felt like I was not heard, but it wasn't from a point of him not caring to figure it out. It was more from a point of him feeling so much stress too of all that he had going on that we weren't sure how to both de-stress enough to have a conversation. But when we, when, you know, you keep trying, you keep working on it. And if, if you truly care about each other, right? If you have a partner that, that can see you as a human, 
before you are a wife, <laughs> then that's huge, right? And it doesn't mean your conversations are always going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel heard, but you can feel the difference there between a partner who just wants to take advantage of you and a partner who says, I know this is hard and I'm stressed and I'm not doing it right, but I want to keep working because I care about you too. You know, there's a massive difference there. I think that that's also the key, the, the willingness to say, okay, I, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm willing to listen. And what do you need? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that that's huge. But once again, I feel that a lot of women have a lot of fear to even have those conversations because sometimes we say horrible things in those conversations. When you're feeling like I'm not being heard and I may have to yell a little bit louder, or I may have to say something a little bit more poignant for them yeah. to understand me. And then they, they're terrified. And sometimes it happens. I, I often say, you know, you can't shatter a glass and then expect to put it together. It's like sometimes right. it's gone. So a lot of people are very fearful that those conversations, they don't build up on each other. They actually destroying the relationship. Is there any way that yeah. you can help people say like, these are the steps. This is how you, I mean, I, I teach conscious yeah. communication, but I'm curious to know if you yes, have. Yes, I love that. Yeah, um, I actually have uh, two podcast episodes on communication uh, for the Joyful Love podcast. Um, it's episodes 13 and 14. But one of the things I teach, a couple of the things I teach in there is approach the conversation with gentleness and a plan. Instead of like just rushing in, because so many times, when we start the conversation, we're already in stress mode and it has nowhere to go, but more stress. So like really teaching yourself to pause and say, okay, I'm in a stress cycle right now. My nervous system is heightened. I, I, I deserve the opportunity to calm myself down before I enter a conversation, you know, and then also with your partner, if your partner's just come in totally stressed and you want to bombard them with, uh, with, you know, a list of things that they have to do, it's, you know, just be aware of that, be aware of both of your stress cycles. And, you know, if you have a big change that you want to happen in your marriage, plan the time to talk about it. Say, Hey babe, I want to talk about this and, you know, let's have coffee in the morning. Or we can do it now if you're in a, in a good space, but if not, let's have coffee in the morning and talk about this. And then work towards a solution. Like, you know, like have a solution that you're working towards, not just, you need to know how hurt I am, <laughs> right? Very often it's just a repetition of, but this really hurt. And they're like, yeah, yeah I hurt you. How do we move forward? And, and yeah, you have to make sure that it's solution-based, not regret based not like yes. I wish you had done that yes exactly so for those listening that their marriage may be a little bit on the rocks let's break it down in a few steps do the inner work ask for what you need communicate what would you think that we need next to you know even for the people who are like doing the inner work still communicating and then they're still feeling like I still don't know is this where is this going what yeah. next yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we can have all these little steps and you can go through all of them and you can still end up in that place of, I don't know, I don't know. And usually that I don't know is a fear of something. Yes. So it's either a fear of being, uh, making the change of being alone, or it's the fear of 
staying in the marriage and having it continue the way it is. And so I would, I mean, I, I encourage clients to really get alone with themselves for a little bit and ask themselves, what do I want? Like if there, if, if there was no judgment, if, if I, if I didn't care about what anybody thought about me, if I knew my partner was going to be okay either way, if I knew my kids were going to be okay either way, because no matter what, which way we decide whether to leave the marriage or to stay in the marriage, I know I'm going to show up as my highest self, no matter what. I know I'm going to do all, all I can to give my kids an incredible life. I know that I can leave my partner and also love my partner through that, right? If those things are in place and you drop the fear, what do you want? And I think your deepest desire is your wisdom telling you what's best. Mm. And, and it's also, it's what you want and also what can your soul take because I feel that sometimes we want things like hey I want an online business and I want to travel the world and I want to live in another country but actually our souls they may have been traumatized in the past and it'll be too much for us so I've, I see people that are like no I really think after doing what you said which I call it the fufu the fear of fucking up it's like it, they're yeah. just afraid of am I making the wrong decision and then I cannot backtrack so once you get to that point of okay if you if I told you you are not fucking up like you're making the right decision yeah will you still be able to go ahead with it and there are people that are like I still have like yeah I'll remove those fears but then I, I'm addicted to the comfort or I really like the safety mm -hmm. like there, there is so many facets it's, and, and I get it it's so complicated like ending a marriage is unraveling every single facet of your life like people sometimes say oh you know a divorce is just as bad as the other traumatic events which are like um, losing your job losing a loved one or moving having to move and I'm like no it's all of those because you're losing yeah. someone that you used to love you yeah. have to move most likely and you're losing your financial security and on top of that you have to go through the whole fun of the the logistics right. of the divorce so yeah. for a lot of people that's just too much so even if you said hey the road ahead is paved with roses there's still a resistance so once they get to that point where it's like yeah I know that I want this and I'm removed the fears and they still can't move mm -hmm. is that something that will tell them okay then the best thing is to stay in the marriage or is there something else for them to to work with because sometimes I I work with them and I said okay however many more years you think that you're gonna live Multiply that for 365 and repeat that day every day. Are you happy with living this day as it is? Yeah. And that's when they go, oh, maybe not. Maybe it's not as comfortable. But is there anything else that you as you help your people to? Yeah, if they're really stuck, I ask them to, to choose a time frame to just go ahead and give that part of their brain that wants to stay the yes. Choose a time frame to be totally, completely all in on their marriage. Like for, uh, I usually work with my clients for six months. So I'm like, can you be all in for six months? And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm all in. And then we work towards really creating happiness in the relationship and happiness within themselves. And at the end of that six months, they most of the time know, you know, that, okay, I'm so glad I decided to stick this out. Or they're saying, 
I've learned to be so happy within myself that I know no matter what I choose, I am in control of my own joy in life. Mm. And, you know, and even if they're, they're still trying to figure it out for a little bit, they're more confident in their ability to create joy in their life, even if that means change. And to create that safety and comfort that they're so afraid that they're losing to say it's not coming. The security and the, the comfort is not coming from having a, a partner. It can come from you. It's just that once again, we as women have always been told that we need to be supported by a man. We need to be um, behind someone that standing alone is too dangerous. It's too risky. So sometimes it's working with those beliefs and, and making people understand we live in a man. Uh, if you can hear me or not, I'll go. Oh, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, it it cut off for a good 60 seconds there probably. So oh I was just sorry about that. No worries. Okay. I was okay. something on. <laughs> Excellent. Um yeah. I, I have one more question um about yeah. marriage. So now that you've worked with so many people, do you have any can you like there, there is the, I think it's the John Gottman Institute that they had the four um, horses of the apocalypse for the things that they could see in a couple and say, yeah, this marriage is just not going to work. Um, do you have any yeah. indications when you look at a couple and be like, mm, yes or no? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's hard to judge that right away because you never, you know, I mean, usually when someone is coming to you, there's so much drama in their head that they need to dump out. And a lot of the drama is their animal brain looking for all the evidence of negative. So, you know, um, but I, I will say that, so it, sometimes it can take a little bit to unpack like the, the drama versus like the facts of the marriage. Right. But I will say that, that, um, if a couple continues to really have contempt for each other and, and that um, criticism of each other, and there's not really an indication that they want to look further into like, how can, how can I see the best in you? Like if, if you're not willing to look deeper into your partner's heart and see the best in, in them, then that kind of, that you can't keep that very long without having a crappy relationship, honestly. Mm. So if, you know, and, you know, and if you, and sometimes, you know, the, the woman is really willing to do her part and show up as her highest self. And she doesn't feel that from her partner. And that's when she might say, you know what, I don't want this anymore. Mm. And in my opinion, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, preach. I mean, that's, I, I, I know you, you, that's your opinion too. <laughs> my opinion is whatever you want to do, sweetheart, you're just not yeah. rich. Whether you are staying in your marriage, you leave. You are just an incredible being and there is going to be yeah. support either way. That's, that's my dream. I know that it doesn't happen that way, but that's my dream. So, oh my gosh, this was such an enlightening conversation. And I have the last two questions that I ask all my guests, which is, yeah. is where do you see your next great chapter? You're doing incredible things. So where do you see yourself moving yeah. on? 
Well, I mean, I am, you know, I am just, I'm really enjoying coaching one-on-one right now. Um, I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'm going to launch a group program. So that's the next great chapter for me is like really pulling together a small group of women to really learn how to care for themselves um, as independent women in a marriage. Because I, I know for, for myself, for, for, that, for a little bit of time, I was like, I'm just too independent to want to be married, right? And so I want to I wanna welcome like a group of independent women and help them learn how to be happy in their marriage, even though they're independent, strong-willed, feminist women. So <laughs> that's kind of the next chapter that I'm looking forward to. I love it. What a great yeah. container. And where do you see the world's next great chapter? Uh, I really think... I, I, you know, sometimes when I look at all the amazing women who are lifting other people up, I mean, it's never in our world's history have so many women had a platform like the internet to spread love and joy and, and purposefully lifting each other up. And I, I, I truly believe that, you know, the next chapter is you know, more and more women spreading the love like we've never seen before. And I, I think it's going to be um, a really beautiful thing. I have, I have hope that the world will be a more peaceful place. Mm. I don't believe that it will always be peaceful. <laughs> I think there's always going to be that 50, 50 negative, but there's going to be so much, so much more, um, love and compassion along with it so that we can handle the crappy parts of life. Mm, I do see a future where it's not women necessarily focused. Like I think that we're going to include everybody because that's who we are. We're women and we love our brothers and our sons. And it's not going to be like a gender thing, but it's going to be more of an energetic shift towards that Mm. nurturing that we have been indoctrinated and it's also natural to us. So I, I do agree. I see oh, such a refreshing okay. shift towards less patriarchy and more women-led um, love. Yes. I yes. love that. Oh, this was amazing. Rachel, if people want to find you, if they want to work with you, you were just saying one-on-one coaching is your love, uh, but also um, you're going to be launching a group program. Where can they find you? So they can find me at rachelcunningham.com. And that's Rachel spelled with an A-E-L, Cunningham.com. And you can find all my information, my free classes, my podcast, a link to sign up for anything you want. So um, so that's, that's where they can find me. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rachel. I love talking to you. And I'll see you, everybody, next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter, and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.